Thanks for joining us today for our Freedom Podcast. We are excited to grow with you. Today, you will hear a message from the life-changing Word of God. We hope this podcast adds value to your everyday life. If you want to find out more about this ministry, visit our website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to Freedom. One of the things that we have been talking about as of late is trying to define the biblical view of truth. I say biblical view very specifically because the world has an idea that they know what truth is. But unless you know the one who is true, you cannot truly know truth. And there's a lot of people that they know about God, but not many people that know about God can actually know God because they've separated knowing him here from knowing him here. You can know a lot of facts about a player. I know when I was a kid, Michael Jordan, that was the guy I knew every, I watched every Bulls game that I could possibly watch, you know, um, I followed every game, every playoff game. I, I knew stats. I knew the numbers of players. I knew everything about them. I knew everything about them, but I never met Michael Jordan. I never met any of those players. So if they was to say, what is his number? What is his stat? How many points per game? How many times was he, was he MVP? How many rings did he win? I could blurt out all those answers. Six-time uh, NBA champion, you know, 13-time whatever MVP. You know what I'm saying? I can blurt out all those things I know about him, but if they say, did you ever meet him? No. Never met him. There's a lot of people that know about truth, and they may even know some truthful things, right? But to know the one who is truth is a very different ballgame. Somebody say amen. amen. It's a different ballgame, right? So one of the most telling examples of how close we are to God is how we believe and what we believe about truth. Now last week we opened up the series talking about truth over trends. Truth over trends. And I want to dive in a little deeper. Can we dive a little deeper into truth? Because I really want to focus in on truth. And, and one of the things I found very interesting was that if you were to go to um, the, the federal government where they watch over and they check our counterfeit versus real, I don't have a dollar with me or anything like that right now, but, but if you had a, a currency of a dollar, five, 10, 20, 100, you would find out that there's a place that, that watches what is counterfeit from what is not. You know what I found interesting? Is that they don't go out and they try to find all the counterfeit dollars and what they look like because they know the real thing. They, they identify what a true dollar, five, ten, whatever denomination we're talking about, they know what the true dollar looks, feels, and is supposed to be. They know that that dollar, five, ten, whatever that denomination is, they know it, and thereby they know what is counterfeit. So they study the one that is true in order to identify the one that is not. 
And I'm a strong believer that if you have, you want, you want to expose lies in your life, you have to open this up. Don't study every cult to find out what is true. Let me save you some time and hundreds of dollars in going to school. Thousands, thousands and thousands of dollars. Know the one that is true and you will identify the ones that are false. So here's what I'm talking about. How we view truth is a tell sign as to how close we are to Christ and his kingdom. How many would agree with that? Our everyday acceptance of everyday truth is huge and dramatically important. What am I talking about? I'm talking about this stat because I want to talk about how we need to cut the noise. Somebody say cut the noise. Cut the noise. There's a lot of noise out there. There's a lot of whispering about what is true, what is not. And I'm here to cut the noise. Because I have the, uh, the, the absolute greatest saw I could ever have to cut the noise. So allow me to buzz through. Did you get that? Did you get that? Allow me to buzz through some of these stats for a moment. So here's a few thoughts uh, that I found some truth about how truth has changed over the years. In the 1960s, 65% of Americans said that they believed that the Bible is true. That's very different than the 80 plus percent that say they go to church. Isn't that weird? That's a very weird number. Like if you go to church, you should believe the Bible's true, right? So the number of people attending church is higher than the number that actually believe the Bible is true. What does that tell us? Pray for your neighbor. Okay, so. So the number has always been floating around the 80% of people believe that, the, that um, you know, God exists. But only 65, in the 60s, 65% of Americans said that they believed that the Bible is true. So we move forward, forward to today, where now that number has dropped significantly to 32% believe that the Bible is true. How many are alarmed a little bit, just a little bit? All right. It should alarm us, here's why. We are biblically illiterate. Our culture is biblically illiterate. They believe that God helps those who help themselves is a scripture. No, it's a saying. It's a nice bumper sticker. But it's not a biblical saying. God can't give you more than you can handle. God won't give you more than you can handle. Uh, false. God has consistently given me more in my life than I can handle. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Well-intentioned people say really silly things sometimes. Neither of those are passages found in any book of the Old or New Testament. But people believe them. That's why? Because that's their truth. So just because somebody in your life that you respect says something doesn't mean that it's always true. Anything that comes from this pulpit, you test it with the Word of God. If it doesn't line up, welcome to call me in my office. Pastor, 
Show me where you got this. Show me where this comes from. Show. That's important that you can think for yourself. Why? Because the Holy Spirit lives in you too. The Holy Spirit lives in me, but I'm human and I will make mistakes. But it's no mistake that 32% have now believed that the Bible is true. Now, even more dramatically today, 67% of all Americans deny that there's any such thing as true. 67% of people, now listen, that's more than, how many know 67 is more than 50? Can I at least get in a consensus on that? Thank you, Andrew, I appreciate that. Always backing me up. 67% is more than 50. That means more people believe today that there's no such thing as truth. And here's the kicker, since we're doing this number thing. 70% of Americans say that there's no moral absolutes. Did you digest that yet? That 70% believe that there is no moral fabric that we should walk by, just do whatever you feel is best to do? So if your bank account's higher than mine, yeah, I'd like whatever you got, please. Just give me that. Give me that. And there's no moral absolute, so hand it over right now at gunpoint. And it's okay because it's my truth. It's what I believe. I believe I should have that. So there's no moral fabric. That's not the way God created us. Amen? So be careful when you get answers for life according to Google. Don't let Google shape your theology. Hello? Okay, I got five amens. I'm working on more. Some of you are like, but I like Google. It's okay. You can like Google, but don't get your beliefs from it. You know why? Because I looked up, uh, I looked up absolutes and what is right and wrong, and you know what Google told me? I said, are there moral absolutes? I typed it in Google, and I got, here's the response. You ready? This is what Google told me. If I was going the gospel according to Google, Google told me philosophers try to convert moral institution. This is a quote, by the way. This is a direct quote from Google. Philosophers try to convert moral institution, I'm sorry, intuition into rules, but always will be incomplete. Here's where it goes. There is no absolute right or wrong, Google told me. There is only the is. Yeah, that's what I said. What? The mess is wrong with Come out. Google demon. Right or wrong is how you personally, watch this, I'm still quoting, I'm still quoting. Right or wrong, don't be like, Pastor Tony said this on Sunday. No, this is Google, this is Google. Reverend Google. Right or wrong is how you personally defined the is in terms of your own arbitrary values. In other words, you make up what's right and wrong. There's no right or wrong. You decide what's right or wrong. Everybody has their own right and wrong. Can I tell you something? Google's taking you to hell. You go that route. I'll tell you that right now. That is not of God. You know me as a straight shooter, right? I'm going to shoot you straight right here. And so know that, yo, that's not a God right now. That's not of God. 
There's no Jesus, no God, no Bible in that. When Google tells you that there's no right or wrong, hello, be very careful where you get your theology from. A Christianity that does not confront lies is not standing on truth. I'll say that again. A Christianity that does not confront lies is not standing on truth. If you don't confront lies, then you're not in Christianity because Christianity is consistently confronting lies. And we're going uphill when we're confronting lies because the majority of society, right? You heard it even earlier today. The majority of society is headed a certain direction. Just because you're with the majority doesn't doesn't mean you're in God's kingdom. It doesn't mean you're going the right way. I'm here to tell you the truth. Truth over trends is simply this. Trends will only last for a time. Truth will last forever. Somebody say amen to that. Truth will last forever. Truth stands the test of time. Truth truth, uh, Truth will look at you in the face and be the same tomorrow. Truth over trends. Romans 12, turn there. If you have your Bibles, turn there. Come on. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. This is my main text, and I'm going to drive off of this. The Super Bowl isn't until later tonight, so I have at least till 5. So here we go. Two and a half hours perverse. Here we go. Some of you are like, Pastor Tony, I got dip to deal with. Don't you mess with my dip. So here it is. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. How many, how many get that so far? We're doing all right so far? Present your bodies. That we can go into a whole depth of conversation of what that looks like taking care of your body, being, you know, holy, whatever. And so, um, that's fine. I'll leave that right there. Holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. How many know what we do with our bodies worships God? Okay, I'll leave that right there. Verse one is solid, firm. How many believe verse one so far? We're doing all right. Now let's move to verse two. Let's see if we get as much hands in verse two. Because it gets a little deeper now. After it described what a believer does, how a believer presents his or her body as a living sacrifice, brothers and sisters, I urge you in view of God's mercy to present your bodies as living sacrifices. Romans 1, very considerable, very conservative. Actually, I can go with that. And then in verse 2, it goes a little deeper. Now it's calling you to respond. And here's the response. Do not conform to the what? Pattern. What is a pattern? A trend. What is a pattern? It's a system of thought. A pattern is a consistent, right? If you have made a pattern, how many of you crochet? Anybody crochet? Anybody sew? Anybody ever done a crossword puzzle? Anybody ever done anything with regard to patterns? Paint? Anything like that. Okay, so you understand patterns, right? You have this color, that color, this color, that. You got patterns. And so that is a constant flow of a thought, a synchronized thought. Unless you're a very artistic person and you just throw paint on the wall and be like, that's art. That's fine. Be you. Right? Be you. 
What I'm saying is a pattern is a consistent flow of thought or trend that is developed. So, Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the rhythm, the pattern, or the, come on, it starts with a T, trend of this world, but be what? Trendy? Be trendy, right? The Bible tells us to be trendy. No, it didn't tell you to be trendy, it told you to be transformed. Come on, am I preaching? This is good preaching. I'm going to take notes on myself real quick. Hold on, I'm just going to take... That's good, give me a second. No, because that's not, that's not from you. That's, that's, that's God telling us something in Romans 12 too. Don't be conformed to the trends of this world. Why? Because we got to have a transformed mind when we call ourselves believers. Transforming by the renewing of your mind. So now, it says be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What does that mean? That means that in order for us to combat the trends of this world, we have to be transformed in this world. But not by this world, of his world, his kingdom. So in order to impact the trends here, we have to be impacted by God's transformation there. God's transformation in our heart will change the trends around us. Now, are the trends changing you? That's a different story. Listen, there's a lot of churches that are real trendy. Many more churches are trendier than Freedom Life. Oh, we got some hazer. We got some lights. That don't make us trendy. There's a lot of people that won't mention hell because it's not trendy. It doesn't bring the people in. But I tell you what, it don't take them to heaven either. My goal is not to make you feel good. Let the Holy Spirit comforter do his job. I gave you a really cool seat. Let's start with that and we'll leave it there. We gave you a comfortable seat. That's as comfortable as I can make you. At this point, now we got to speak truth. Why? Because trends will last for only a time. Truth will last for eternity. So if I give you a trend tomorrow, that may be gone. Now what? I need more, pastor. But when you stand on truth, something happens. How do we receive that truth? Renew our mind daily. Renew our mind daily. Then you'll be able to what? Then you will be able to say with me, test and what? Say it again. Again. Test and approve. What does that mean? What does test and approve mean? I'll get to that in a minute. Because test and approve has to do with God's will. And test and approve has to do with discernment. How do you discern God's will from everything else in this world? Trends cannot be the approval of God. Because it changes constantly. God's will for your life is set and in order. The trends fly by night. We talked last week about that a little bit, right? We talked about trends. How many know that the verbiage has changed as of late? Right? I talk to my kids about trends. They tell me all the newest words that are up there. And I watch Gen Z, as they call. They talk weird. 
I love teenagers and I still speak to teenagers, but my goodness, the lingo. He might be having a seizure of some sort. Watch him. Number one, truth causes, stop, don't laugh. You'll throw me off. Truth causes us to turn from idols. I want to tell you straight up honest truth. Truth causes us to turn from idols. Truth will expose idols, not, not put them on a pedestal. It'll expose the idols. When we put our faith in Christ, we turn from worshiping false idols, whether it's success, money, a job, those things that you think you deem important. Friends, let me tell you something. When you follow Jesus Christ, those things are not as important. Or at least they won't govern your life. There's an act of gratitude and worship of the one who saved us that causes us to look at truth and say, God, I don't want to worship the things of this world. I don't, worship, I don't want to worship the patterns of this world. I don't want to worship the idols of this world. As we grow, we no longer desire to fit in whatever the world is offering. There comes a point in your life where you have to say, I'm sick and tired of having to deal with making other people feel good about me. Hello? Anybody know what I'm talking about? There comes a point in your life. I watch, I know people that are younger, uh, that are middle-aged, and then there are people that are older. I find, by and large, the older they get, the more than like, you ain't gonna change me, so just don't even bother. You watch the youngest person to the oldest person. The youngest person cares about what everybody thinks and how The older person's like, I don't care what you think. Right? The older you get, the less you care about what people think of you. Why? Because you realize it really doesn't matter. That's called maturity. You mature. You realize that some things in this life are not worth worrying about. I realize that too here as I hit 22 years old. And my life... You did not need to laugh that fast. That was rude. Okay, so double it. Um, I'm just speaking by faith. Um, the older you get, the more you realize, I don't need people's approval. Right? Some of you are like, does that mean I'm real old? I'll let you decide that. But I realize that turning from idols is it's not just turning from big gold statues. Because that's how we see idols. Big gold statues. I don't, I don't bow on any gold statues, Pastor Tony. That's not me. No, that's not. But there are a lot of other idols than big gold ones. Right? Some of them have four wheels. Some of them have a chimney. Some of them give you a paycheck. Those idols are very different. Right? So here's what we're talking about. We commit our bodies in verse 1 and our minds in verse 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2, we commit our bodies and then we commit our minds. Those things, that's what God wants. That void in your life will call out for God's truth. You can have a lot of things in this world, but unless you have truth, there's a lot of noise in your life and I'm here to cut the noise. Somebody say, cut the noise. noise. See, it had to be easier not to conform to this world back in the Bible days because they didn't have internet. Right? Right? Paul, Paul wasn't like, oh, I'm checking in Ephesus. I'm checking in to Corinth. What's up, my peeps? Checking in, whoop, 
Hey, Silas, come here. Uh, Paul didn't have to deal with social media. He didn't have to deal with the internet. He didn't have to do none of that. But here's what he did have to deal with. People won't take your head off. And he stood and he said, truth is real. Embrace it. And that, my friends, that's enough for me. The truth of God cuts the lying noise that that world consistently pushes on you. Yes? Truth will push against the noise. So here's my second thought. My first thought, truth causes us to turn from idols. Number two, truth evaluates actions. This is, this is important. Dear friends, do not believe that every spirit, test the spirits, 1 John 4, 1 John 4, follow with me. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Because the one who is in you, come on, is greater than the one who is in the world. Did you know that? They are from the world, and therefore they speak from the viewpoint of the world. That's trendy, trendy, trendy. You see that? And the world listens to them. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever does not from God does not listen to us. Last verse, last part of this verse. Are you ready? This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. If we can confess God in our day-to-day life, we allow truth to have access into our lives. 1 John 4 is very, very detailed with this. You confess Jesus Christ as Lord, you have truth in your heart, in your life. There's something going on there. But if you cannot admit, come on, that's why we talked about speaking the name of Jesus earlier. I had a conversation with my son the other day. I said, I called him and he said, yeah. And he didn't hear what I said. I said something that followed up. And then he just stayed where he was. I told him, I went back. (laughs) He never came up. I went to him and I said, you know what a pet peeve of mine is? When I call you and you respond and you don't know what I said and then you stay where you are. Like I don't randomly go out and yell your name for no reason. <laughs> I, obviously I needed you or I wanted you or I'm calling you for something, right? But then you stay here, why? Oh, I, I didn't hear you. Exactly. You didn't come to me. You heard me call you but you didn't come to me. There are a lot of believers, look at me, there are a lot of believers that hear God but never listen to what he wants them to do. Hearing and listening are two very distinctive things. Come on, somebody. So your actions have to align with God's word or else you're just hearing, not listening. See, Paul urges his readers to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's the only way we could overcome the trends of this world. That's the only way, by renewing our mind. What is renewing our mind? Continuously saying that my, my earthly mind is not enough to get to God. How many of you have ever lied to yourself over and over again, knowing you lied to yourself, but you accepted it because you just wanted your way? Let's be honest. We've all done it at some point. I'm doing good. But are you? All is good, all good, yeah, yeah, doing good. Is it? And you probe that person any longer, they'll go, well, 
no, it's not. Then why'd you say that? Because I have a mask. I don't want anybody to see me. That's not truth. You know, you can look at this place as a luxury liner, or you can look at it like a battleship. The Church of Jesus Christ should be a battleship where we're going out and we're fighting to rescue people. Not a luxury cruise line where you say, well, I've been a long time tither, Pastor Tony. This is my Freedom Life card. This is the first one we ever put out right here. I'm a card-carrying member of Freedom Life Church. I was around at the bingo hall days when y'all used to have fresh mozzarella burnt all over the floor. <laughs> Smell like mozzarella from the bingo hall. Y'all laughing because it's true, right? <laughs> Open the front door. It's time to set up to Whoa, whoa. <laughs> let's, let's ask Jesus to make his way in here because he needs it. You remember that, Abby? You remember the bingo hall? Let's put the kids behind the drapes because that'll, that'll, that'll stop the sound. That's how come half our people lost their hearing because we had to put the sound louder to overshadow all the kids that were yelling in the background. What we should do is realize that we're in a battle here for souls and lives. And let me tell you something right now. Truth is on the front lines. If you are a believer, you're going to have to wrestle with this. Am I going to follow the trends or am I going to follow the truth? And you can't do both. You just can't do both. See, our lives aren't divided into spiritual stuff and normal stuff. Some people want to do that. They want to divide the normal stuff and spiritual. You know, during the week, I'm like normal. I'm normal. But then on Sundays, I get spiritual. I like flick it on and I'm like, Jesus. It's me and Jesus now. And then you flip the switch when service is over and you're like, all right, back to normal. That's not how it should be. Guess what that is? That's deception. That's deception. You ain't fooling nobody. And guess what? No devil is afraid of anybody that lives that way. No devil in hell is, they're not not afraid of you. That's like the people that followed around Jesus and stuff and they, they were like, they're like Peter and Paul I know, but who are you? Who are you? They try to do what Jesus did. They try to do what the disciples did. They did it in the flesh, but they didn't follow truth. Truth wasn't a part of their DNA. They just did the actions, and then they like, no, I, I, I don't know who you are. I don't know that. And it's a wake-up call. One author wrote this quote, and I found it interesting. It's sobering to consider how much of our values and habits are conformed to the worldly culture rather than the kingdom culture. How many of your habits are formed by the worldly culture versus God's truth? We got to look at this, don't we? Let's be honest. Let's take a good look at ourselves because no matter where you are, you're going to become a pawn in someone's game if you're not following God. You're going to become a pawn in someone else's uh, propaganda or agenda. And I don't know about you, but I don't make a good pawn. I just don't. I want truth to be what, what, what makes me and motivates me to move pro- proper. Third one is simply this, because every good sermon has three points. Truth realigns 
our mind to discern. Now back to that discernment. Remember I talked about discernment earlier? To know what is true and what? What's the two words that we said earlier? Right? And so we talked about Romans 12, 1 and 2. The, the two words were test and approve. Test and approve. So what truth does, truth allows us to test and approve. Test and approve as to what is from God. Allow me to, to reveal this for a moment. You'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. And his perfect pleasing and perfect will. So I wrote down a few things that discernment is. What is discernment? It's, it's looking at truth, uh, life through truth, set of goggles, right? Because you look at your kids, uh, moms, you look at your kids through a, a mommy goggles. Fathers, you look at your kids through father goggles. Teachers, you look at your children through teacher goggles. Here's what we need to do as believers. We need to look at life through God's goggles, and that only happens through discernment. Through the Holy Spirit revealing to us what is true, what is not. So watch this. So there are a few different discernment. Can we throw that slide up? Discernment is something that enables us to judge well. Discernment allows us to judge what is right, what is wrong. That's right, that's wrong. That's something wrong. There's something off. You ever, you ever met somebody and you said, something's off with that person? Sometimes the Holy Spirit is, and you don't know it yet, but I'm trying, this is where I'm trying to teach you for a moment. You with me? There are times that the Holy Spirit that is in you, come on, you accepted Jesus in your life, you have the Holy Spirit within you. Say it with me. I have the Holy Spirit within. When you have the Holy Spirit within, he discerns things that are not true and things that are not right. And so you feel off. Something's off. Something's off. And you can't always identify that because it takes time to understand what that looks like, to identify it. You with me? So discernment is something that enables us to judge well, to judge well. Now, I like to think that I'm a good judge of character. And I think for the most part I get certain things right. But once in a while, I'll miss something. And I'll go to someone that I think has maybe a sharp discernment and I'll say, did you get this here? Did you understand this here? Did you, do you get this? And then maybe they can help discern because there's always somebody more discerning than you. No, I know you're super spiritual, but maybe somebody else, the person next to you. Right? Discernment is something that enables us to judge well. Discernment means judging what is wise and what is foolish, what aligns with scripture and what doesn't. What is aligned with the word of God and what doesn't? Follow me now. Discernment helps us know when to abstain from something out of care for another. Listen, the Bible tells us that just because it's allowed doesn't mean it's beneficial. Some of us will take our freedoms, right? Just because you've been set free from it doesn't mean your neighbor has been, right? Now, let, like, follow me on this because you can take a rabbit trail down the street. I don't want that. I want you to stay with me for a moment. If something is a stumbling block for your brother, your sister, and you know that, and you deliberately do it anyway, that's not love and the truth is not in you. We have to guard each other because that's what we are. We're brothers and sisters, right? So if something causes our brother and our sister to stumble, something you say, oh, stop, would you stop? Just, 
I was kidding. You're such a, guess what you're doing? You better be very careful. Be very careful. I was only kidding. You were. You were. But they weren't. Right? So we can write people off as, oh, they're just sensitive, or they're just this. And what are you doing? You're not loving, that's for sure. You're dismissing them. You're dismissing that. That's not, listen, can I help you with discernment? That's not of God. If you know some, somebody's struggling with something, don't throw that in their face. Say, I can do it. You know, you deal with your issues. Does that make sense? Got real quiet, so I'll move on. Discernment helps us know the right thing to do and the right voices to listen to. Come on, somebody say, cut the noise. You hang around the right people, the things that they allow, you will allow most of the time. If you admire them, the things that they allow will give you enough to question. And last one, discernment helps cut through the lies that are planted. Did you know that every single day across America, right now, there are lies being planted this very moment through media, through social media, There are lies being planted into lives. Lie over lie over lie over lie. And those lies are becoming lie trees. They're bearing live fruit. You know what that live fruit does? It keeps you away from the people of God. Keeps you isolated. Keeps you worrying. Keeps you fearful. It keeps you not generous. It keeps you not volunteering. It keeps you not loving. It keeps you from volunteering and helping. It keeps you from a lot of things. Lie after lie stops and hinders God's will all the time. Watch this. Discernment helps us cut through the lies. Cuts through the noise. In Romans 12, the word renewed is the word daikimazo. Look, at, look up at the screen for a moment. The word daikimazo. That's Greek, which means approve of something or uncover its true quality. Renew means to uncover its true quality. You follow me? So when I renew my mind, I'm uncovering it from the things of this world, the lies that have been laid upon it, and I uncover them to find my true quality. You can never find your true self if you don't renew your mind. Everybody say, daikimazo. Daikimazo. It means to uncover the true quality. So when you are asking God every single day, renew my mind, what does that mean? That means daikimazo. It means I'm restoring the true quality of who I am. How many have appealed an, an apple? Appealed an apple? Anybody? Okay. Anybody ever peeled a potato? Right? And you never peeled an onion? You, all these things. Some of you don't want the outside. You, you got to get to the inside. That's what you're looking for. That's what you're using. Daikimazo says, enough of this external. I want to uncover the real me. That's what renewing our mind does. I want to uncover the real me. Friend, look at me. When the church tries to offer up to the world 
that we're just like you. We just love Jesus. We missed it. So we're either going to decide that God is our source or we're going to say the world is our source and we'll mix in Jesus as we see fit. Stir Jesus, just add water. You, you hear what I'm saying? See, a lot of people want to look and act a certain way and wow, sometimes the church tries to fit in. Can I tell you something? As a church, 10 years now, my goal was never to fit in. Never. My goal was never to fit in. When we started this church 10 years ago, our desire was to change lives, to bring the word of God, to bring worship to the forefront and allow people to find their destiny and their purpose, period. Everything else lends itself to that. So what am I saying? I'm saying a renewed mind is able to recognize and appreciate what belongs to God as proper. A renewed mind says, I'm, I don't want to have to follow the things of this world. A renewed mind says, I realize that God is the one I follow. He's my source, amen? So you can sound trendy all you want, but if they're not hearing the truth, then what are we doing? Church, hear me and hear me closely. God is looking for us to cut the noise in our life and start realizing what is the most important thing and the most important filter is this word of God. So, what am I saying to you today? Brothers and sisters, I strongly urge you in view of God's mercy that you would offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy, pleasing, and acceptable to the will of God. Truth is there. Truth is a person. His name is Jesus. Amen? And I don't know about you, but I have to speak Jesus into every circumstance. When I don't understand, I speak Jesus. Sometimes all you could do in your life is just speak Jesus. And I encourage you today with this thought. Feel free to do what you have to do because eternity hands in the balance. Every one of us will stand before God one day and we won't stand before God were you trendy enough. He will ask, did you accept the truth of my son? Amen? As we bow our heads across the room, Father, thank you for your truth, for your life, for Jesus. Father, I pray in the mighty name that is above every name, the name of Jesus, that we would speak Jesus. In every circumstance that we find ourselves, help us to do that. You are the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by you, O Lord. So I ask you right now, would you receive us unto yourself?